Ice No Tea Podcast, home of the truth. What's good, my family? It's your girl JB, and you're locked in to Ice No Tea Podcast, the home of the truth. I talk about things you don't. Wow, today is a completely different setup, setting. Yes, we are in Soapbox Studios, and today is going to be another EP on Talking Youth Work, the segment to Ice No Tea where I talk about all things youth work, and I usually have a guest but today my guest had to cancel due to issues um that is out of anybody's control um a little bit disappointed but I'm gonna keep the spirits high and base talking you this talking youth work EP around myself and like how I got into youth work how youth work has helped me my experiences around youth work and yeah just to give you a lot an inside insider into like what I do on my day in the daily basis like you know how my love for you for extend and also I guess like why I decided to make this segment as a whole um so yeah and I would just like to say yeah can you see this I have and now I have an ice new tea pillow I have two um and this side always he says talking to you for it to wrap the segment itself and then i also have a conversation to ceo so you know the branding be on point be on t period um but yeah i also have logo cups and stuff so i'm actually doing bits for ice no tea so if you see stickers around saying ice no tea make sure you scan that barcode and tune in and stream and watch all the eps that ice no tea has to offer but yeah um let's start but where to start um i think i want to start from the beginning um so my experience of youth work has been up and down um i was in the care system since i was probably about 15 16 um year 10 around year 10 times um I remember I was in center when I actually went into care and if you don't know what center is it's a pupil referral unit where children who are seen to be bad kids end up um my life was literally going down this uh, very big spiral I was engaging with a lot of people who weren't you didn't have my best interests at heart. Um, I would smoke and weed a lot. I was actually on the road trying to make money. Because at the time, I don't even think I had my NI number at the time. So I couldn't even find a job. So to make money, you know, you go and do the things that you shouldn't do. But they were bring, it was bringing in the money. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time who was, he was a lovely boyfriend, but he made very bad decisions in his life. And I was dragged into those decisions too, which ended up with me going into care and being moved to Birmingham. Um, Being in the care system, it was a journey within itself. And I know that's not youth work as a whole, but it, it is a STEM part of youth work because social services do work with young, vulnerable um, children. And um, I had a social worker and I honestly hated her to bits. Um, she moved me to Birmingham. And then um, from Birmingham, I got moved to Blackpool. My placement in Birmingham literally broke down. Um, I had a lovely carer until this day. I think about all the evil things that I did to that woman, how much she actually like cared about me. Um, but at the time, because of my inner self and not knowing myself and, you know, having to move away from all my friends and family and start fresh, my mindset wasn't in the right place. And, you know, being a young 
teenager and a female young teenager going through everything I was going through I just I hadn't fully deeped how much this woman was trying to look out for me um so that placement broke down and I ended up in Blackpool and that moment of me ending up in Blackpool you know actually made me realize that you know God has given me a second chance to restart my life and um so I did. Um, I got told I was only going to be in Blackpool for two weeks. It was an emergency placement. Now, social services do that a lot where they turn around and tell kids that they're going to be somewhere for a certain period of time. And it could end up being a year long, half a year long, 48 months long. Um, but I just saw it as an opportunity for me to get myself back on track. And that's literally what I did. I spent nearly a year and a half in Blackpool. I got my GCSEs, the ones that I could get. I had to scram in like in three months, all the things that you learn from year nine, 10 to 11, scram it all into um, a couple of months and get some GCSEs. So then I was able to go to college. Luckily, when I was in London, I did do my English GCSE, which carried me all the way to college in Blackpool. So I was able to start a course at a high level. Um, I started doing performing arts because as you all know, like I am a creator, I am a creative, I love creative things. And the only thing close to what I wanted to do being a presenter was performing arts. So I did that. I excelled throughout the course. It was absolutely amazing. And everybody that I met when I was in Blackpool, they all looked after me. Every carer that I had in my care home, they looked out for me. They did the best that they could. You know, there was obviously ones that did a lot more than others, but I never felt uncomfortable there. Um, I felt like I got the support that I needed eventually I might have had to push here and there for like cultural needs and things like you know being a black girl in Blackpool there's not a lot of black people around so I had to push for like extra money to get my hair done and extra money for my hair products my skin products one of my carers had to go out of her way and take me to Manchester or Preston where or more cultural environments for me to get the things that I need but I was so grateful that I had people in my life at the time around me that were able to do that for me and make me feel as comfortable as I could I stuck with the gym I was just banging out the gym trying to lose weight you know going to the gym that was like my mental that helped my mental health um like I said I, I excelled through college I got distinction distinction which is like one of the highest grades you can get I remember my teachers always wanted to push me out of the comfort zone um I remember for my final major project I I was meant to do um I wanted to do a play because you know musicals and singing and dancing like I do that in every day but I'm not an expert so I didn't want to do that for my mind final major project but when we did our auditions for our teachers our tutors to decide where we would fit best my tutor said to me look like you're amazing. Like you need to be in a musical. You need to show all the talents that you have within this musical to get your grades. Like you've got all the, the, the admin stuff you can write, you can, you can do paragraphs, you can do all of the written bits, but within the performance yourself, you need to be in this musical. So I did. And I had my mom and my best friend at the time and my sister come down from London to see me do my final major performance. And it went Epps absolutely well every single time we did it it went so well I was so proud of myself singing away and dancing away and everything and yeah like it's memories that I will never forget and of course I always had in my head that I wanted to move back to London but I think the steps that I took to better myself in Blackpool like getting a part-time job while I was 
at college as well, you know, making that little bit of extra money to save for when I go back to London, I think it was all worth it. Um, when I did move back to London again, I was put into a placement, a foster placement. Again, I was failed by the system because at the end of the day, the way I saw it is that you could tell from when I was in the care home in Blackpool that I was very independent. I really knew what I wanted to do. My head was straight and narrow again. It was on a path of success, but yet they put me into a place into London where I felt why I couldn't strive. I didn't feel comfortable. Um, the family was a white family and the, the, the carer, like the, the woman that I was with, she wasn't very kind. She wasn't very nice. She didn't make me feel at home. Um, and I just remember I kept running away, running away, running away until social services actually took what I was saying on board and finally let me get my first independent house, um, independent flat, um, which then Again, I, I excelled. I found a job. I struggled to find a job when I first moved back, which was hard on my mental health because I was so used to having money and making my own money and making a living for myself. But when I did finally get my job, my head was straight and narrow. I started YouTube, um, you know, started creating, trying to take every op- creative opportunity that I can on board, you know. And I had a, a, a youth worker um, who would come and check, check on me um once a week and she was lovely she did everything for me she was like my best adult friend um I still can remember her to this day and I've had conversations with her since then and she always just saw the greatness in me and I think that's the one thing that pushed me to want to do youth work because there's actually people out there that want to see us young people succeed even though we may have come from bad backgrounds or we have behavioral issues or you know anger management things like that there are people that actually want to see us achieve to the best of our abilities and she was one of them some of my carers in Blackpool, they were them. And just going through all that process and also with my creative self, I've always wanted to uplift upcoming artists, un- uplift young CEOs, bring them on for interviews and radio and all of that stuff. I just knew somewhere in my heart, youth work was me. It gave me that fulfillment, you know, and even seeing it within myself, how someone made me feel, I wanted to give that back. So obviously as years go gone on, I've gotten older, I've now got my own place. I just thought to myself, how, how much more can I have an impact on the youth system and help young people? And I came across a, an opportunity with the VRU, which is the violence, London Violence Reduction Unit. They work alongside the mayor to basically reduce violence in London as a whole. And I saw the opportunity and I thought, yeah, let let me apply for this. This looks good. I didn't really deep the severity of how like deep the position is within the VRU because I just thought, you know, it's another young people's group. We're not really probably going to be doing much. We'll be just have our one, two say here and there. But this job has really put me in the deep end. And it was the reason to why I've got the main job that I have now, which I will go into. But yeah, we've literally been in making decisions. We've been, you know, on panels. We've been giving people jobs that we feel like are suitable to work in the youth sector. We've gone to events. We speak on behalf of young people, using all of the experiences and things that we've had to go through throughout our lives. We are able to come on the media, BBC, ITV, and fight for what we feel like will help improve youth violence in London as a whole. And I wouldn't have changed my journey with the VRU anyway 
way, shape or form. They've helped me so much. They don't even know the fact that they helped me get a job within the Prince's Trust, which I'm doing now, which is such a fulfilling role because in the VRU, I'm like both sides of youth work. The VRU is more behind the scenes, even though you do get to be put in the limelight sometimes, but you are working with the people who are collaborative working behind the scenes to make youth violence reduce but then with the princess trust i'm working on the front line actually working with young people face to face directly seeing their growth from day one to day 10 or day five or month 12 and um if it wasn't for the people that work within the VRU, I wouldn't have even had enough confidence to go for that job. And I'm so thankful they saw what I didn't see in myself to push myself to apply for that role and then get that role and even be offered more money than I expected within that role. Um, so yeah, I think that's my journey as a whole within youth work and being in youth work now, I cannot tell you how much, and how proud I am of myself to see my growth and how much advice and experience I can then give to another young woman or to another young man to see that no matter where you come from, no matter what you was doing in the past, you can now create your future if you change the way that you think. And don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. I still have my little moments. I still am young. I'm only 21 and I still have a lot of time to go to actually develop myself as an adult now. But I feel like my achievements within youth work and now understanding what actually fulfills me, it just gives me the great greatest joy and I can only thank everybody around me that has pushed me to be better and to thank God for giving me that that second chance to better myself and to be the real person I actually want to be um one thing that I actually think I struggle with though when it comes down to my love for youth work and my love for being a presenter and a creative is that it's hard to juggle the two it's like sometimes I will see jobs for presenter roles come up, but because I've already got a job within youth work, I can't do two jobs full time. So sometimes I get put in positions where I want to do everything, like everything I see myself as, I want to do it all now. But sometimes I have to say no to certain presenter opportunities or hosting opportunities because of the youth work opportunities I have. And sometimes I have to say no to, to attending youth events or, you know, being a spokesperson for young people because I have my creative things to get on with, like my podcast, like my radio, you know, learning how to DJ. And it's hard sometimes because it's like you feel like you're getting pulled from both sides of the end, but... I see myself in the end goal being someone who can talk and inspire these young people through everything that I do creatively, whether that's presenting, hosting, hosting youth, youth awards, hosting youth events, youth events, sorry. Um, yeah, but that's what I see myself doing in the future. I just think the more that I learn on the job with the Princess Trust and the networks that I've created throughout the VRU, thanks to them, that I'll hopefully be in a position in a couple of years' time where I'm able to say how my day goes every day. And whatever I do helps young people, whether that is small or on a large scale. I want to be involved in the higher decisions. People who are at the top, I want to be at the top 
making no decisions because I have had the lived experience that all these young people that suffer from mental health or get involved in knife crime or gang crime or drug culture, I've been involved in all of that. So I want to be able to use what I've been through to then help make decisions for the other and younger generations that are now going to grow up to be potentially a me or their own version of themselves, better version of themselves. And um, just sitting here thinking like why I started all the segments that I have to ISNOT is because I feel like as a content creator, as a female podcaster, I've always wanted to be the one that stood out. I didn't want to start my podcast for, you know, keeping up with current affairs and, you know, being on the hot topics that are popping in social media. But I wanted to bring a stem to my podcast that shows growth, that shows motivation, that shows fulfillment, that shows positivity. And within conversations with CEOs, that's what it does. I sit down with young CEOs, once again, young CEOs who have built their platform, built their businesses, built their brands, and are able to look at their journey and see how they can help others and also just reminisce on their journey and how far they've come themselves. And in talking youth work, I want to shine a light on all the positive youth work that goes on in the UK that goes on in London sorry because a lot of people can sit there and say oh youth clubs don't really do much you know they give you something to do but they don't give it to you in the long term but people forget to see that there's actually people working behind the scenes to make this work for all the young people we see in London today and I wanted to make a segment that shows that you know so VRU can go around and say look at all the the people that we are collaboratively working with to help better young people's lives to help them strive to help them feel like they have a sense of accomplishment family because that is a lot of things that young people lack um I feel like as I get older more situations have even arise where like now like social media was a thing for me back in the days but it was like Facebook like Instagram wasn't really popping back then you know TikTok wasn't around back then you know we had BBM and MySpace and all of that stuff and um social media has evolved to now to a point where it's become such a big problem for a lot of young people where they're not being themselves. They're trying to be that next influencer or rapper due to social media. They get dragged into bullying or, you know, not having self-love because of, you know, trying to live up to the beauty standards. Of course, there's always been youth violence and it's increased as time goes on because I feel like, you know, we're living in a world where, you know, to breathe, it costs money. You know, like you need money to do so much things. And that's why a lot of young men go out to try find money because you need money to survive this world. You need money to look the part and be the part. But I feel like a lot of young people don't see outside the box of what else you need to work on within yourself and what you should be really worrying about while you're young. You shouldn't even really have worries when you're young, you know, but some of us unfortunately have to deal with certain things that are out of our control and not getting that support that you need to actually do it it can be really really hard so I commend so much young people that have been through the trenches and come out on the other side and even the ones that have been through the trenches and haven't necessarily come out on the other side but want to do better and want to strive to have a better mindset that's what I live for like for example I um I did a cooking course not too long ago with my Princess Trust work 
And when I tell you how I nearly cried throughout their final celebration when they had finally, um, you know, made all their different type of cuisines and all the different foods and just to see how some of them started off with top-notch anxiety. They didn't even want to get cooking or meeting new people to, you know, now at their celebration talking about how amazing it was to cook how it feels to cook for so much people you know they're engaging with their team they're telling us what they've cooked telling us how they've progressed over the week it literally made me tear up because that's what I live for I have a dream for me but my dream extends to others it extends to my mum it extends to young people growing up young females young black females young black males and that's what I stand for. So I think that's why I started youth work and why youth work fulfills me. Um, I know this podcast is completely different. It's just me, but I thought I'm going to come into my Iceland Tea podcast today. And I know it's disappointing sometimes when, you know, you have something planned and something doesn't go right. But I thought, let me use this time to give you lot the truth of me. For like a lot of people probably think when I post on social media all my BBC opportunities, ITV, working with this person and that person, people probably don't even know what I really get up to behind the scenes. But I do a lot. I'm a youth development lead. I'm a member of the Young People's Action Group for the VRU. I'm a CEO of my own podcast. I have my own radio show on Ultra Beam FM. I'm currently learning how to DJ. I also host and I also talk on the behalf of care leavers also. Another thing that is really close to my heart. Again, another sector of youth work that is left behind. And I try to put it to the forefront and speak on behalf of many care leavers and children in care also so yeah I think I'm just going to keep it short and sweet for today's episode um I cannot stress to you enough how much youth work has helped me change my life and how much work I'm going to be doing within the youth work sector to help change other young people's lives and if you're someone that loves the fulfillment of working with young people or you know you have a story or an experience that you feel like can help young people reach out to me let's work let's get this going because I realized throughout youth work that it's going to be a it's a long journey we're not going to get to where we want to actually get to very very fast it's not going to happen overnight but we need to continuously collaborate collaborative collaborate I can't even say collaborate collaborate I can't even say the word oh my gosh we need to collaborate with each other to make this happen you need more than one hands you need more than one pair of hands to make this work you need plenty you need arms and legs willpower passion fusion everything above motivation you know experience life skills everything you need all of that as a community we need to come together and put that all together put the skills that some people has as strengths and the skills that some people have as weaknesses and put it all together to create a great foundation to help all young people across London not just young people in Craydon not just young people in Lucian, Lambeth Brixton, everything we need to work together as one community to make one change and that is to help give young people the tools, skills and mentorship that they need to succeed and strive in their future because at the end of the day, the younger generation are going to be the change makers when we're old and we need to teach them and give them the fundamentals that they need in order to carry on that legacy so we can continuously try and make that change 
So yeah, I feel like I'm a little bit of a preacher sometimes when it comes to things that I'm passionate about, but this is what I love. This is what I love to do. This is what I fight for. And I will never let someone shove me away for showing what I love and my passion and my why and my experiences. And yes, there's some things in my life that I wish didn't happen, but you know, everything happens for a reason and you have a purpose on this world. And I feel like my purpose is to give. And I know a lot of times, sometimes you give and you give and you give and you leave nothing for yourself, but I'm starting to learn how to deal with my inner self, my inner health. You know, I'm at a position right now where a lot of great things are happening to me. I'm destined for greatness, but I'm not feeling the happiness that I should be feeling. And that's when I realized and listening to a lot of people that are around me that I need to deal with all my trauma that I have in myself. How am I meant to be a perfect example to young people if I haven't started to perfect the things that I need to hold from within myself, you know? And one thing that I've taken away from all of the youth events that I've been to, there was someone that said, we need to be a safety net for these young people, but we need to not have holes at the bottom of it. We need to have it. We need to be a safety net for when they're in programs and when they're out of programs from when they're 16 to when they're 25, we need to be that safety net has, that has got no holes in it. That's got no strings attached. We just need to be there to comfort them and support them through every step of the way as much as we possibly can. Because honestly, once you've gained that trust with a young person, you will see a different life to them you'll see a different side to them and you'll actually see the greatness within them so yeah with that being said i hope you enjoyed today's ep i know it was a short one and i know you're probably thinking oh jade's on her by herself jb's on her by herself but i felt like i needed to give you lot this content to get to know me a bit more as the host and presenter of i snow tea podcast um i hope you enjoyed and please stay tuned for more eps within talking youth app because i've got a bunch lined up for the rest of the months till september um it's a great segment and possibly hopefully after September I might even still be able to carry it on with the networks that I've grown throughout VRU but I thank them for being the first company that comes to me to do a paid opportunity for my podcast to do this segment to to make my goals and dreams of doing this segment actually come to life so I cannot stress enough and I thank you all for that um but yeah make sure you stream watch and subscribe to Ice No Tea podcast all the details are below so make sure you do not forget to click that subscribe button and also to click that like button too I want to see more likes in the videos i want to see more reposts on tiktok and instagram because that's ice no tea's platform and if you know anybody that works within the youth sector or anybody that has faced hardship within their growing up and you know have any advice or fundamentals that they can give to young people on my platform ice no tea please do not hesitate to get in touch because i will not turn anybody down when it comes down to what we can do to help young people so that being said I hope you enjoyed today's EP. I'm JB and this is I Snow Tea Podcast.